Bites with TechNext. Here, we bring to you a brief roundup of everything exciting about the tech space across Africa and indeed the entire globe. From startup announcements to new inventions and the latest buzz boosts on the social space, we will be sharing industry important highlights and exploring the news within the news. We will also be bringing industry experts to share opinions about major news for the week. And most importantly, watch out for our exciting future for this week. We are sure it will be an exciting session you won't want to miss. Let us begin. Hello, what's up, people? You are welcome to another exciting episode. I'm saying that because I think it's going to be exciting. Another episode of Tech Bites with TechNext. We're, sent to, we're set actually to bring to you everything exciting from the tech space in Nigeria, Africa, and indeed the entire globe. So whenever, wherever it's happening in the tech space, we're going to let you know. And right here with me is David. Hello, David. How are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, people? Um, I would say empty magbo, like... <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying what's up, Africa, in my language. Oh, okay. Yeah. You must have heard about me. Famous day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm very fine. Uh, though the space has been exciting this week. Oh, very. But we are fine. I mm. mean, the flutter wave news and all. But again. it's exciting to see. Again. Again. It's like again. these guys are always in the news. Last week it was flutter wave. This week. And and the exciting thing about the conversation is the conversation is everywhere. WhatsApp, it's been trending groups, for like this is groups. the third day. Yes, everywhere, yes. Facebook, everywhere. Yes. It's like yes, everybody is concerned. But I'm 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 trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel. What good <laughs> is this going to turn out? Oh, for, it's going to do a lot of good actually, personally. But we'll get to that, right? Yep. Firstly, let us go around the tech world in 10 minutes in this segment we'll just give you the happenings in the tech world firstly nigerian american entrepreneur currently founder Tokpe awotona is now one of two black tech billionaires in the u.s this means that there are just two billionaires in the u.s that are black and Tokpe is one of them recruits interesting <laughs> i love it and he, he what he um invented was calendly it's a modern scheduling platform designed to reorganize calendars scheduling appointments meetings events and all that and i read the forbes article where he said he started with his with he started it with his life savings of two hundred thousand hmm, dollars that, that was all the money he had so it could have gone bad but Thankfully, it went great. And right now, as of this moment, Canonly has made a hundred million dollars in revenue. <laughs> I would say it went really, really great. Imagine yeah. starting something with 200,000 and then a hundred million. Yeah, that, that's Jesus. what the minister in Uganda would say. <laughs> <laughs> it went up. Right. To be honest, uh, I think uh, Tokwe and his friends at Calendly have done a lot of great work. They have. Uh, presently, they have like 10 million users. Wow. And the company is worth $3 billion. Wow. In terms of valuation. Hmm. Um, 
this is one good story of an african that left africa to the u.s uh-huh. and he's, he's doing tremendous exploits um, yeah. the argument is out there that if he had um if he had run calendly from africa oh, no way as, big as, as it is yeah firstly people do not even make schedules like that in yeah. africa firstly remember we have the african time so scheduling your schedule will not be respected <laughs> you have a meeting for four and people will start coming in by six yeah so they'll be like which one is calendly i beg but over there you know when they say four they mean four Mm. so it's it's i love it because it's taking normal things and using tech to make it just exponential imagine just calendly helping people create schedules so this is hope for for africans that are migrating abroad Mm -hmm. topper left Nigeria in 1996 mm. after his father died in an accident mm-hmm. um, he studied computer science at the University of Georgia so good news for all Nigerians good news for Africans indeed yeah. indeed it's great news well done to the guys at Calendly we're rooting yeah. for you guys so <laughs> moving on next uh, MTN gets CBN's approval to operate a payment service bank I mean what does this even mean it comes in line the approval comes in line with the group's anticipation they've been asking for it actually since 2018 and now finally how many years later four david what four does years. this mean like what does this mean well um payment system approvals is like being a bank right um telco companies like mtn airtel right. are into telco business they give you a platform to make calls mm-hmm. and to browse mm-hmm. but now because they have a lot of people using their platform they right. want to go into other services so instead of you just making calls with your recharge card how about you using your phone to send money to your parents but we already do that but not exactly with your MTNC, for instance you you use your MTN oh, to operate your, a your bank account Oh right! But your MTN number, see your number is zero zero three Someone can send five thousand naira to that number. Wait, so you mean my number can become a bank account? Yes. Are you serious? That is what this is. So you is could, that what this means? Yeah. So oh, I love just, it. So if you just transfer, <laughs> I mean, when we were in school, then we know our parents would send us a charge card. Right. We sell a five hundred naira charge card for four fifty. But now you can just send 500 naira to the owner of that number and the person will trust the nearest That's impressive. Agent. That is what this is doing. Um, and the capacity that MTN has, this can be a very massive actually Because MTN in Nigeria has um, a significant number of users. Oh, they do. Um, as we speak, MTN holds over I mean, 30% of the total number of telco users in Nigeria. Oh. The company has 74,933,000 subscribers in Nigeria. What? And, and that is a significant number. It is. It is a good news for Nigeria because only about 64% of the adults in Nigeria are financially included. Um, that number is significantly low to the mm. population. I'm talking about adults, people that are really working. Class. Right, right. Um, so, but you have over 136 million Nigerians having telephone lines. Exactly. So, if automatically these people become bank account owners, 
I guess this is a financial inclusion we've been looking Pure for because a lot of people really there are many places that there are no banks yeah yes. right how yes. do they even where do you even want them to register but now that there is just with your number oh that's that's yes, really yes, great you're very correct i mean there that's are a lot of really villages great. in nigeria that there are no banks Some there places are, the banks. only thing they have is network just network <laughs> no bank no nothing <laughs> but she you see network they have it yes so yes, that yes. it actually makes sense yes. it makes sense yes. I mean, with the success MTN has accredited in Ghana with Momo, I'm sure this is going to be a big thing. If you know about Impesa in Kenya, yeah. more people use Impesa than they use Amtrava. Well, so if it was you, <laughs> I, mean, I would rather send money to if... a grandma with with her phone number than actually go to a bank. There is not even a bank in my village. You have to go to. Do you get exactly what I'm saying? So, so it makes things easier. And Absolutely. Look at now that. Um, people are registering their sim to their name it's way way easier i don't have to go to the bank i don't have to be stressed i don't have to deal with those people in the bank and their annoying excuses (laughs) i don't want to go there (laughs) so this is great great news i hope it works out like it will make things so much much easier moving on 348 million africans living in sub-saharan region lack access to mobile internet this is not news <laughs> sorry but this is not i was telling someone the other did you know that there are some major cities in nigeria mm-hmm. like a state capital they don't have 4g oh, that's not news, actually. exactly that so when you, when you're thinking that a state capital doesn't have 4g why would some people even have at all? Like, <laughs> a state capital that is actually busy. Yeah. They don't have 4G now. Where some people are already at oh, 5G. I've been to I've been to a, a, a town in Kogi State. The entire local government, the expanse of the entire local government is is like one over four of Lagos. That's to tell you how big that local government is. They don't even have electricity. My God. Talk less of um, internet. But they have they could make calls, but no internet. So if you're going to places like that, just be sure you're not going, you're not to, going to browse WhatsApp, so you're cut off from the world. Yes. The only way we could get network, I and my friends, was to climb a rock. Oh my god, I'm not in for that. H. I think it was H or E, something showing on our phone. Quite terrible. Really? Um oftentimes we when we want to when we want to talk about startup entrepreneurship in Africa, yeah. we always say Nigeria has 200 million people, mm. blah blah blah. But the question is of these 200 million people, how many is how many of them could actually use a tech platform? Um and the other crazy thing about this report is in fact women are more disadvantaged. Well, tell me something I do not already know. <laughs> <laughs> so so we have so so the population of men is by six percent higher than that of women of course um, which is not really a good thing uh-huh. um, if you say empower the woman you have to empower the family how could women get jobs online if they don't how, have how could they run business successfully you understand. They don't have access because them. everything now is on the internet every everything so imagine you want to run any business now and you're not you don't even have internet access what are you doing it is sad something has to be done yes all you startup people look into this <laughs> yes i'm looking for i'm looking for a uber for for broadband accessibility yeah something can be done about it yeah. definitely yes. possible i agree with you 
wow okay now this is uh news elon musk will not be joining twitter's board anymore have you heard the recent on this i don't know what they feel about this maybe i should be happy maybe i should be sad you know i was excited when i saw that maybe twitter's board will be smoking now the next board meeting <laughs> people have to come in with cigar uh, yeah right and all of that and all of a sudden um, the excitement was taken from us but there is a recent development yeah. as of today wow when i saw this i was like okay when he bought a 9.2 percent shares i was like okay cool then they asked him to be on the board and yeah. then he turned it down i told somebody i predicted that this man is gonna try to buy twitter yes and have you heard the breaking news is he yes. wants to buy the entire twitter so i was right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah they so, asked him said no and now what so let me ask you why do you think elon musk is after twitter because twitter actually quite surprisingly has become the place to have conversations mm. yes it mm. has become uh this micro blogging site where important conversations happen happen it's amazing it, i'm sure that wasn't what they had in mind mm. but somehow that is what twitter has evolved to be I mean, so if you're a thought leader and you're not on twitter yeah you get everything you get everything that is trending that is important yeah. that is shaping conversations is taking place in twitter and that is a lot of power yeah because if you if you look at consider the fact that twitter banned the president of the united states <laughs> and up to now trump has not gotten over that feeling. he remains banned yeah, yeah he has not even the banning he's feeling odd Trump wants to create his own social media platform and that thing has not taken off. And to let you know how effective Twitter is, how powerful. Do you know that after he was banned, I stopped hearing him. It was like his voice was cut off. That's it. I I just stopped. I I wasn't, I didn't, I, I used to follow him, but now I don't know that's it. what Donald just, Trump just, is up to. Just imagine that. I mean, come to Nigeria, Twitter was banned by right. the political class. Mm-hmm. They opened Twitter. And a few months later, all of them are declaring their presidential interest on, on Twitter. Twitter. So Imagine the power that. is there. It is. And I, I think Elon Musk um, thought about the alternative. If he's if he's using this same money to start the same Yeah, Twitter, why not just acquire will it, will it even get that kind of Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. It's just better to acquire. But the question is, do you think they will sell? Well, he's offering fifty four point two dollars per share. Mm. Um if I'm a businessman, I will think about what is that going to work for me. everything is about money. What are his politics? What is it going to turn our beloved Twitter to? Because I think it has remained the same. It has become what it now is because of the people who have been at the helm of affairs. Mm. They had a vision. Mm. They stuck to it. You know the thing with these rich people? They can be very political. We still don't know what he has in mind. And to be honest, Elon Musk is erratic. Someone had to say it. I'm glad you did. Very. He is. So exactly. So imagine giving him such a i'm sure some of the major shareholders would not not exactly it's going to be a fight Mm -hmm. he cannot be trusted with something as volatile something as important you even see the way he tweets 
Mm. Even in his tweets, he's like, dude, you need to chill. <laughs> <laughs> and they will now give him the host. Ah, I, no. I agree. I Please, agree. you I people agree. should not share. I Jack, uh, you know you're my friend somehow. <laughs> so the interesting thing is, since Elon Musk said he was, I mean, since he announced buying 9.2% mm-hmm. stake in Twitter, Twitter shared increased by about 27%. Right. Um, some employees said they were going to resign in protest, and some people are, are not really on the same. It's already causing problems. Yes. And when he said he wasn't going to come on board, their shares did. Now he's saying he wants to buy the entire Twitter. I mean, uh, like you said, that uh, forecast that he was planning to buy Twitter. I just, I, I just saw it. Like, this is what because there was a tweet of his I saw. He says something about having something like this. Mm. And not long after, I know how to put two and two together. Or maybe I know how these rich people think. I'm like, this man wants to buy this thing. Mm. And not long after, he announces he bought nine points. I'm like, okay. He wants that's to buy it. the entire Exactly. He wants it. But I hope he doesn't get it. Yep. <laughs> we all hope. We all hope. And now I've joined you on that hope. Uh, yes. But let's see <laughs> how it plays out yeah. i think it's going to be a nasty but i hope it doesn't get nasty i mean now he has 9.2 so that's a lot of shares mm-hmm. i don't know why they sold it to him and someone would always be willing to sell because presently one unit of share in twitter is 45 dollars. so he's offering you 54 dollars for that same unit. Hmm. now imagine that you have one million units of shares but at 9.2 does he have controlling share? Not yet. Oh, okay, fine. Not yet. Fine. So if he, if he's able to buy the controlling shares, that's it. So it, in essence, does not really need to buy from everybody. Just he just needs, needs enough. Majority. Right. Yeah. Oof. I like things like this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how it plays yeah. out. So that's yeah. it on ten minutes around the world. Wow. I think we took minutes. more than ten minutes. <laughs> that was interesting. I'm very sure of that. And yeah. right now we'll be moving on to our interview of the day. Okay. We have an interview. Do you want to tell us what we're going to be talking to? Drum roll. <laughs> no drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about flutterweight. Right. The rest of us. Hmm. Inside trading, on inside trading, harassment wow. and staff welfare. This is a very touchy topic. Um, but rather than just talk about the sensation, we are going to be speaking with an expert. Firstly, you read the investigation investigative report. <laughs> Before we bring in our guest, are you going to tell us what you thought? Because I was like, okay, like, what, what is this real? Okay, so um, my thought is a bit more diversified than ordinary people because this is our profession. Mm. So I looked at the journalistic import. Mm. I also looked at the essence of this for entrepreneurs and business owners in the space. Mm. Um, then. I looked at the African tech ecosystem right. and I, I realized that Flutterwave is very important it for is. a lot of reasons. But this topic is also very important for a lot of reasons because yeah. if we can sanitize exactly. our system, exactly. um, then we can become better than we are. Exactly. So, Especially at this point. Exactly. It is at this point that we need to put in structures to ensure that the ecosystem we are trying to build is safe and doesn't get polluted by some you know Mm. very very important so please who are we bringing in yep so 
we have we have with us here um, David Etiro. He's a private equity associate at Udo Udoma and Belo Asagi, a legal mm. firm. So so uh, Etiro is, is a legal luminary, as we say. I can't call him my learning colleague because I'm not. You're learning. not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not learning. Um, so we have him on the call. Uh, David has about five years of practice experience in intellectual property practice, corporate and commercial practice, commercial litigation, debt recovery, energy, oil and gas, immigration, banking and wow. finance, and capital market. That is you. Like you were coming out like, are you not done? <laughs> like, that is a lot. Yes, wow. You're welcome to the podcast. Impressive. Can you hear us? Yeah, thank you very much, David. As you were speaking, I was beginning to wonder if um, it's me you're speaking about or if there are other lawyers in the room. Clearly, yeah. you. You are the only lawyer here. We are journalists. <laughs> <laughs> so it's right, been so such a privilege to be. Welcome to the show. We are so glad to have you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you so much. So I'm sure you've read the <laughs> so, Tido, yeah. So, first, um, let's go to the question. Um, can you help us define insider trading? Just in the name of what Okay, David. Um, I, I, before I go there, I just want to say that just like you gave a very proper introduction, um, Flutterwave means a lot to the Nigerian tech space. And I must say, right now, to the Nigerian economy. Um, because a lot of good news that we've been receiving has really been from from the tech from the tech economy um, in in recent years, and then we we have to so we have to balance between um, protecting our economy and also um, dealing with um, uh, what ought to be dealt with before before it turns into a hydra head uh, problems that we can't right. we can't tame, yeah. because um, it's better that we have that ecosystem that continues to feed us and generations to come. Um, than for it to end um, while, while we're trying to protect um, maybe an institution or a few persons. So, but I would like to say that um, the views I'll be sharing here are really my my personal views. And then um, as a lawyer, and I'm sure that happens to a lot of lawyers, reading through that article, you just had we just had questions running through our minds. Is this legal? Is this right? So I'm not surprised that um, there are a lot of um, a lot of conversations happening around it because there's there's a lot to unpack there and I can't really say what um, David's intentions were um, but for me coming on here is I think it's good for me 
Yes, not not your baby. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell what his intentions were, but I know that as a journalist, um, we try to achieve, um, bring justice, try to um, uh, bring uh, salvage a bad situation, and also to um, restore um, to restore order uh, in, in the society. So I would like I would like to to speak from from these angles. Um, and not just um, trying to say, oh, one, one, someone is wrong or someone is right. Uh, so if on that note, I can then go into um, the definition of insider trading in very simple terms. So insider trading is really using confidential corporate information mm-hmm. that is not available to the public for personal gain. And that could be to either make a profit or to avoid a loss. Again, just to further simplify it, and I'll just like to use scenarios here. So, um, the the chief accountant, the uh, chief accountant of a, of of a company, is aware that FIRS have just slammed a ten billion naira fine on that company. Automatically, if this fine comes to the public, the shares, the stock price of that company is going to fall. What does that chief accountant do? He sells off his shares in that company at that time that the share price is still has so much value in it and then sells it off. Once he sells it off, the information comes to the public, he's safe from that loss he was going to make. Another thing, another angle could be um, that the um, the financials of the company has come in. The MD and the management are privy to the fact that the finances of the company are in very good shape. Once these finances are released to the public, a lot of people want to buy the shares of the company. So that means this is a good time for them to acquire more shares and um, sell once people want to acquire those shares, once information comes to the uh, public light. And they go ahead to buy those shares. So in those two scenarios I've mentioned, you've seen that um, they've used the information that is not privy to the public to position themselves for either for gain or to avoid a loss. So that's simply what um, insider trading um, is about. And it really has to do with um, trading in company shares. Okay, so based on this definition of yours, would you qualify what we saw in the report by the journalists as insider trading? So um, if I can remember um, quite well, the the term insider trading was uh, pretty much thrown around in a number of places in in the report. Mm -hmm. Um, First is the the fact that um, as a staff of Access Bank, um, GB was able to position himself and flutter wave to gain access to events, to gain access to people at various times. Mm -hmm for the benefit of flutter wave um that from my definition will not qualify as insider trading um because um is, is, there was no issue of trading of shares in, in in that instance but there might be other legal issues surrounding that but I, mm-hmm. i'm not going to speak to that now um because that's not the subject of insider trading but then i think the the, the instance that will rather um give us a tough time to unpack would be when um when we saw an email from the company uh, is there an, uh, either a, a message or an email for the company offering to buy the shares of an employee mm. at a certain price which um was said mm. to be lower than what that Far share lower. went for at the series c follow uh, <laughs> I, I must admit <laughs> at the series c uh, funding round so um would that amount to insider trading again um one if one looks at it from the angle that there was uh, a series c financing round that was coming uh 
was that info the, the information available to the employees and to the public i would think that um the employees might have been aware but i i can't say so there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of the information that might have led for that cell to happen so right. until we have a full details of right. what is there was there some private information also company information that was within the knowledge of the persons who initiated the sale and purchase of that shares and mm -hmm. it wasn't available to the employees or, or the, especially to that particular employer it wasn't available to the public generally and then mm -hmm. one could say there was an insider trading scenario but, so until we have that full fact i can't say but on that particular case what i'm more concerned about is can a can a company mandate an employee to sell a share that it has right. the, the company has vested yeah. in that employee i mean it shouldn't be so from the tenure of that email it didn't show as if there was a prior conversation by the employee offering to sell those right. shares it seems mm -hmm. as if it was an instruction and um that 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 sh that shouldn't be i mean if i own something i should have the right to determine the price is going to be sold and determine the time i want to sell it and if you want to buy you should simply say oh please i want right. to buy are you willing to mm -hmm. sell and so on and if it's not really an instruction so mm -hmm. that's that's where that those were my my views with respect to um respect to that particular um circumstance or that particular sell but does it amount to insider trading i think we'll need to have a lot more information as to um the public knowledge or the knowledge of the public on the CC around was even the share price at that time was it even fixed did we did the company know what the share price is going to be i mean from that investigative report and from what we know um we can't say for certain so it's difficult so, to make a call so so you're saying uh you don't have enough information to make a call if that was insider trading or not yes that's that's my position okay. okay that's 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 interesting so let's go to the next uh, point in that conversation which is uh, on harassment uh, some people i mean if you read through david tried to define what harassment is and the argument of gb and the other uh, the other person mentioned um about if the actions actually, if it happened, if the actions were, that we were accused of were true, qualifies as harassment. So I would really want you to help us. First, can you help define what harassment in a workplace is? Um, yes. What is harassment in the workplace? So um, as, as, as lawyers, we, we understand the fact that um, definitions such as these are jurisdictional. So we are Nigerians. Luckily, everyone here is uh, everyone on uh, me and David. I know you guys are Nigerians. Guys are working in Nigeria. So harassment for what harassment will mean um, in the Nigerian context will be different. And this is basically not because the instances are not the same, but this is what has been defined in our laws or has been interpreted by our courts. So from our current um, legal jurisprudence, the laws that we have. The issue of harassment, especially in workplace, has not really been elaborated. And right. it's, it's, it's something that I think rising from here, we should all advocate that mm. there should be clear um, definition of what mm. harassment, sexual harassment amounts 
uh, to in a law pl- in, in 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 an office law environment. Yeah. Yeah. So you will find out that in Nigeria, law talks elaborately about rape, talks elaborately about sexual harassment at home, you know, domestic violence, uh-huh. but subtle harassment, which is what um what the the investigative report was referring to, and which is what is common in workplace, right, is not really defined in our right. laws. But luckily, um, the National Industrial Court, which has always maintained a very forward-thinking position, has always come to our rescue and it has come to our rescue again um, in one of its recent cases, trying to um, trying to extend the frontiers of harassment to include harassment that occurs in the office. So anything from the pressures, um, making... Uh, uh the the exchange of sexual pleasure as part of the condition for employment um mm-hmm. request for um sexual favors as conditions for promotions um her sexual harassment could come in the form of words very sexually abusive words uh, being thrown about and one thing the court says that this there must be a consistent um a, a consistent pattern especially in those very subtle ones that you cannot really um, say but if someone is sending you emails and in those emails there are lead um, comments that are um, lead allusions to sexual objects or sexual um, innuendos you and it keeps happening there is obviously a, a sexual harassment case that has been um that has been affected so right. well the laws um, as we currently have it does not speak directly to sexual harassment in work work in the workplace what we have now is enough for us to um to, to accommodate uh those abuses in this definition that i've just i've just reeled out but it has to be kind of consistent it has to be clear but the outright ones that you don't need to situate i mean if you are raped if someone mm-hmm. assaults you sexually that doesn't need to come under sexual harassment in the workplace it's pure sexual harassment and then um one could be liable for criminally um if found guilty and this is also using this opportunity to encourage people to take advantage of the provisions of the law, report cases, reach out to um, institutions that could help you um, pursue these cases. Because I know most times people are afraid uh, because some people are more powerful. I mean, in workplaces, mm-hmm. people, uh, the, the MDs are more powerful than the subordinate employees and so on. But you need to reach out to powerful institutions too to help you fight, to be your voice. Okay, wow. so so before we ask a question, I just want this clarification if if i'm the superior person in the office and i'm having a sexual relationship with someone who is junior or lower than me in office and i feel that the person is um that the relationship is consensual this person accepted that we should go out but this junior person feels that if i if she had not agreed um Maybe I will have penalized that mm-hmm. or given her a query or even sacked her or something. Um, does does it still qualify as um, sexual harassment? So um, that that's a very that's a very dicey one. And um, how our laws develop is when we are able to get uh, judicial interpretations of some of these matters. But sitting down here today. Um, with my knowledge of what the law says today it will be difficult for you to situate a consensual relationship despite the fact that one person is um, is in a superior position and one is in a is kind of is a subordinate to the um to the other 
as a sexual harassment, as if a sexual harassment scenario has occurred, is is very difficult. But then, um, just like uh, David Hindain uh, pushed for, they, there have been some researches. There are people that people that study psychology to actually establish the fact that there might be a form of sexual harassment in this kind of scenario. But until that has been given judicial interpretation by the Nigerian courts, and I'm speaking here with respect to the Nigerian scenario, in advanced economies like uh, let's say in the US, you can find out that this has already been decided and they are yes. able to take advantage of such position. But in Nigeria, until it's decided by our courts and given that explanation or better still we have a bill passed uh, in the house of in the national assembly or the state houses of assembly that now accommodates this definition then we can have a case but for now there is there is nothing in our laws that can support such a session okay good interesting uh, okay yes. now uh, the question I, I would like to ask is i really like to hear your view on it as a lawyer now in a part of uh, the investigative report he mentioned that a law firm that was already uh, contracted by one of um the i think members. a staff member yeah. she already paid them yeah and then they i don't know if they even refunded her money it was not stated, <laughs> it wasn't stated but then the next thing they were already suggesting another law firm and seeing that they were now lawyers for the people they are supposed to be like is that even legal is is it legal so, for a legal representative to switch sides right to take on a case drop it <laughs> and then I, I, switch I, I, over I, to the opposing party like wow the content of the email and and i'll have to be careful here the content of that email if you read it carefully, was a result of a conflict check. Um, a conflict check is what law firms typically do. Once you are instructed by a client, you actually run a conflict check. For some people, that can come out immediately, but it's get, basically getting to go into your files, go, go into um, asking your uh, partners in the law firm a question. So, have anyone worked for this client or worked for the opposing client? Is anyone that has a current matter that they're handling for the opposing client? And then come back with that conflict check to say, okay, we have fled conflict, we're able to work for you, or we've not fled conflict um, when and we are not able to work for you. Well, so, I'm that sorry, was a result isn't of that the conflict. supposed check. to happen before they take on that client. Arrange is supposed to run the yeah. conflict check before you take that on that supposed to happen. Collect money. Which is, so, which is why I mentioned that sometimes it takes time, sometimes it comes out immediately. And then for for when you are instructing a, a, a law firm or a lawyer to give and to represent you in a litigation matter, while the conflict check is going on, a law firm can always give you that preliminary opinion. So the question is, the question really is, and so the, the big elephant in the room is, there is no how one can say that he has the firm has Flutterwave in his retainer or is working for Flutterwave that they wouldn't have known. So exactly. the question then becomes at what point did Flutterwave, Flutterwave become their client? Exactly. Yes. So um, from that email, 
he says they have we have recently uh, we have recently um briefed them on a on a corporate matter so we can't say how recent if it's three months recent two months recent or like two days after the case had been given so that's just but i mean the question um it just leaves a, a very big question mark hanging there uh if we can determine the time uh when flutter wave came in then i think we can conclusively answer that question but mm. Um, I, I, from for me, I'll just say that I, from that email, it seems like they were going through the due process, but it will only depend on um, if the, before the flutter wave came in before or after the fact. Okay, okay. That, that was, was a very lawyer response. <laughs> Thank you <honestly. laughs> for answering like a true lawyer. That's a very learned <laughs> Okay, so uh, I mean, you, I. I, I I think Atido, you've answered the part of the question about um, GB working for two companies, Access and um, Flutter, right. at the same time. So, so we sorry exactly... if I should even point out again. Um, yeah. So I make it very clear: the, the law is it does not allow you to um, to be engaged or to accept a brief from a party and then you withdraw exactly. for exactly. no good reason the law so so that we won't say this is what lawyers can do or do you have that no you cannot except for good reason good reasons will include when the the client wants you to do something illegal when the client is not paying your fees so those those are some of the reasons why you could say okay i have to withdraw um this is this is not working for me is conflict of interest a good reason yes conflict of interest is also part of the reason that a lawyer can withdraw yes so those are the good reasons that are allowed under the rules of professional conduct guiding right. um, lawyer-client relationship and generally the conduct of lawyers in Nigeria. Okay. So they can withdraw on grounds of conflict of interest, um, illegal purpose. I mean, the clients ask you to do something illegal, non-payment of fees, and some other grounds. Okay. Okay. So um, is it ever wrong to work for two companies at the same time? How how, how could working for two companies become a wrongdoing? This this is something that if I say is wrong today, I mean a lot of a lot of persons will have to shut Nigeria down their side muscle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, there is a popular joke of um uh, is this someone who was treated by a doctor and then he ordered an Uber ride and then the doctor was the one that drove the Uber. <laughs> so so in Nigeria, almost everyone has two two things. Yeah. And, and, side and good enough, you will notice that the companies even encourage. I, I know that people that have um, businesses have seen tremendous support um, in my firm where we have lawyers that establish some form of business especially ones that are not in conflict with the business of the firm right. established NGOs and my firm with all my bellows like it really supports them and help them to stand I mean so some people encourage it but then um, to answer your question specifically employment relationships are contractual mm. well there are some parts that might be um, that might be subject to statutory uh, limitations or restrictions, which is very minimal in Nigeria because we just have one labor law, which is the Labor Act, and it applies mostly to non-professional services like those your 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 cleaners and your 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 the, the staffs that are not really professional staff in the company. That's what the Labor Act applies to. So, majority of our contractual terms uh, of our employment terms are contractual. So, if your employer says you shouldn't then once you go ahead to work with it somewhere else 
or to have a side hustle while still working in the employment of that firm, then you're obviously doing something wrong. And that will be a, 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 a breach of your contract of employment. So some contracts of employment, you'll find non-convention provisions, you'll find non-compete. You'll just find that you work here full-time, you do not take on any other employment. So yeah. if you have in fact, that in, in your contract you of employment... You mentioned the part about, yeah. about declaration. So it's so possible for you to declare to your employer that you have other interests that is not conflicting, right? Yes. And it's possible for you at the point of employment to say, oh, I'm taking up employment um, with you, but I love um, drawing, so I will still be drawing for my personal clients. I hope you don't mind. And if they say, oh, we mind, you say, okay, I can't take your employment, but if you don't mind, then I can come in. So you can have that arrangement from the inception. Yeah. Okay. So in the case of GB, we are not sure what this arrangement with Access Bank was. That 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 will be the that will be the position. So until you're able to see his contract of employment, or if someone here works in the bank, I mean, if David, if you work in the bank, he can tell us what's the typical nature of the contract. No, if it requires full time, yeah. No, but in the case, let me hear you. He was hiding from. Yes, so, he was going to go for a meeting, and yeah, he didn't want them to know he was fact, the one. There was there was a there was there was a screenshot yeah. where he was saying. Um, he had to change his voice exactly. so that it won't sound like something. And then there was one it. that they found out and they were like, is that not GB? Yes, <laughs> yes. So so it means he yeah. was he was doing a similar business in which he had to choose to either represent access exactly. or flutter. Or... And in many cases, the evidences show that he was he was not open to the people at access that he was doing that. So I think I think that kind of takes out the, the question of... Um, it's clearly wrongdoing yeah. because so if he, he wasn't, he wouldn't be he hiding. He wouldn't have been hiding. Don't mm-hmm. you think so? So, so uh, like I said, it's employment relationships are really contractual. And until you actually know the details of this employment contract. So if the employment contract does did not allow him or, um, at, that point, at that point to actually explore any form of personal um, hostel, um, second employment, then he will clearly be wrong. But if the employment contract was silent, I mean, what would you say? So if you are saying he was wrong doing this, what would you say he's breaching? Right. <laughs> so it will be difficult for you to say, so because it's just silent. So if you have an employment contract that states everything and doesn't say, don't do this, Right. Just, but then most con- most companies, apart from the employment contract, might have a handbook, and the handbook states now goes further down to, to give some of these um, instructions, these restrictions or limitations on what you can do, how you you can relate with other people, and so on. So if the the um, handbook of Assets Bank had this, then that could be another level of um, uh, that level of security for the bank, and then he would have breached that. But at this point, we can't also we can't also say. But I mean, and this is also um, uh, calling on employ- employers and employees to also take a second look at <laughs> such provisions in their contract of employment. I think it's critical. Mm. That's true. Mm. Mm. That's true. Because, like he has said, if it's not mentioned, then what would you accuse the person of? It's like Clearly. it's all up in the air. Clearly. So finally, uh, David. What do you think are the next steps for Flutterwave and GB right now? Yeah, it's a do. Have been so I, I think okay. 
Yes. Okay. Can I, I can continue. Okay. Okay. So I I think um, Flutterwave as a company um, should be distinguished from GB, and Flutterwave right. should think of um, Africa tech space. Think of Nigeria and, and the Nigerian economy in taking this decision going forward. Mm. If I should offer my personal unsolicited advice, I would say <laughs> um, a proper investigation should be carried out into every single um, point that was raised in that investigative report to ascertain the truth, to, to secure justice for people that have been wronged, mm. to establish policies, parameters to avoid the reoccurrence or the continuance of any negative um any negative patterns you know um, issues of sexual harassment were mentioned uh issues of um uh issues of um uh, insider you know all those things that were mentioned right. let's find out they should call it to ask themselves the question is this true i'm sure how can we stop it from happening again so i think that should be the focus of um flutter wave right now yeah. and then yeah. um in doing that i think no they shouldn't try to protect individuals at both mm -hmm. um, institutions right. well well also not throw individuals um, I mean you know how you just want to throw away the baby and the bathwater no I mm -hmm. think a proper investigation should be carried out and should be treated with in strict line in line with strict co corporate governance rules and um, I mean anything they should any decision they should take should be for the good of the ecosystem right mm, right mm, very mm. important um david atido must say thank you very much thank for so much. for sharing insight about this to be honest whatever else we'll say about this wouldn't have been as correct as you've placed it because um you are a legal luminary and you understand this part <laughs> and he gave us a lot of very like yes loyally standard answers <laughs> <laughs> like a real lawyer yeah so, so Tito, thank you very much for, for, for that's how you guys keep accusing us but i mean we're just trying to <laughs> you guys do you get so thank you so much for uh having this chat with us we really do appreciate it and we've learned so much we yeah. have thank you very much for being our guest right. thank, thank you too. thank you Dave. yes yes so thank you for coming um guys we've, we've learned a lot on this show but the we summary have. is uh, things have happened um the people that have stakes in flutterwave should set up a process to find out what happened Yatido said. Like you said, an investigation. Once an investigation has been done, the next question is how do we prevent this from happening? Right. Uh, put up processes. Mm -hmm. And I think the final thing would be don't throw away the baby with the bathroom. Of course. We not. should be able to separate the person from the institution. And right? this might not be a bad thing as they are thinking. This might be exactly what they need to structure themselves because yes. if things like this are happening it's because one person has so much power and in any organization is not a good thing mm. right mm. so if something happens to the person the organization mm. suffers mm. which is why you see brands they separate the ceo from from the organization, the organization so that yeah. whatever he does he can be taken away and the institution continues yes, yes. we've had so, this issue at Uber and uh, exactly. Dennis Kalanick had to resign. Um, I think 
that helps us because there's a point where the startups stop being a startup and start and it becomes a standard company. exactly <laughs> and you have to throw away all the startup ideas exactly. for some set of exactly. structure so yeah thank you for for, for this time oh thank you this episode i did say it was going to be exciting wasn't it <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we delivered on our yeah, promise yeah. we do that here on tech bites so that's all for today until next time it's easter weekend yep i hope you have plans for easter a lot of plans okay <laughs> just do have fun and enjoy the rest of your day until next time yes um let me just remember to see follow me on in twitter at a four reasons same for instagram but most importantly follow tech next on twitter Please follow and tech next. at tech um we'll be doing this every week watch out for our next episode and our guests that will be sharing exciting thought on the topic for the week all right next until year, next time bye bye <laughs>
It's because it's illegal. Thank you. 